the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Reaching the right users at the right time is crucial for any successful marketing campaign, and app marketing is no exception. Through keyword and market insights, searchads.com can help your Apple search ads campaign to find the most valuable prospects and convert them into users in the most effective way possible. Advanced automation tools can take care of the busy work so you can focus on the things that really matter. Go to searchads.com to start your free trial today. That, once again, is searchads.com. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to help you grow your app downloads. Say that really fast. And your revenues. And today, I've got a husband and wife team who left their high-paying jobs at Uber and Google to build and successfully build this live streaming app for weddings. I want to learn all about when they decided to leave, how they built this app, how they came up with their pricing and all that and so much more. But let me introduce the guests. Their names are Neil Parker. He's the co-founder and CTO. And then Jingjing Leong, he is the co-founder and CEO of Lovecast. If you want to check out the app, just search for Lovecast on your app stores or go to lovecastapp.com. Guys, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks Hi. for having us. <laughs> Thank you for having always us. Always nervous, like, how'd I do on the intro? It's good? Okay. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Right. Yeah, standard. <laughs> Let's talk about this, guys. Like, when did this, when did Lovecast first start? Were you guys still at Uber and Google at the time? Uh, yeah, we first had this idea, actually, back in 2018. Because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, we got married uh, around that time. And um, we, uh, I'm international. And as you can imagine, most of my family couldn't be there. And a lot of Neil's family is also all around the US and you know, our friends, uh, they're like everywhere. And it was such a painful experience to like get them all together. And many of them didn't come in and it was super sad. And we keep thinking like, oh, you know, could we make this whole thing better? Um, so yeah, we were, we had that idea back then. It definitely took us quite a while to even like, uh, you know, like do this research and consolidate it and then fully nonstop cast back in 2019. Um, yeah, cause as yeah. you can imagine too, like, um, I, I don't know how many, you or how many viewers are married or going through that process, but it's pretty stressful. There's a lot happening. You're trying to get married. You're trying to plan, like, what's it going to look like? What are people going to eat? What am I going to say? And like, do and I actually I just, want to go through it? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, but, but I no. almost threw up. Where I was about to, when I was getting on the limit, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I feel this weird feeling in my stomach? Yeah. Yeah. No, it yeah. can be super stressful. So the last yeah. thing you need to be worrying about is like, how am I going to do this live stream? And like, how are my guests going to actually manage? Like, how am I going to do that? Like, 
tech support for my grandma like is she going to be able to jump on and figure this out so yeah grandparents for sure yeah, yeah. we wanted to make something that was super easy to use both for like the couple who's doing the live stream or yeah. having a friend help do that live stream for them who you know may not be an expert or maybe they are yeah. And also for, you know, any of the guests joining mm -hmm. in. So they don't have to yeah. download anything, sign in, just easy. Yeah, yeah. So we had this idea while, uh, you know, we're working and this definitely took uh, quite a long time to like put into product and, you know, we're like, you know, when we fully launch it and we had users, like we just decide like, oh, this is really something people want. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. like, and yeah. I can talk yeah. about that too. So this was... Um, uh, my wife's so much better at dates. So what year did I leave? It's last year. Yeah. And so that I officially left um, is almost about a year ago. I think it was like August 8th of yeah. last year. Anyways, yeah, it's crazy. Like, all year. But like we had been working on the app and, you know, at the time we really saw like it taking off a lot more people using it, but it's so hard to juggle, you know, full-time tech job with building this app and trying to sustain a company that, mm -hmm we knew that at least I at that time like need to go and like take that jump mm -hmm. make that leap and so we did like I, I left my job at Uber um and just put full time into the app mm -hmm. um and Jing Jing didn't right at that point you know it's that kind of we wanted to take one step at a time I'm with um, you the same thing but yeah. now yeah yeah right yeah. Uh, um, but now also she has so yeah now, now gross is like way too fast and neil himself couldn't manage <laughs> yeah. consistent. consistent uh we've had about even like ten thousand uh weddings on the platform um and there's many more scheduled and i uh, just so much more work to do um so yeah we yeah we so, quit our, we both quit our job yeah That's so awesome. i think yeah. you quit about how many months ago now uh, three months. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very thankful to have Jing Jing here too, because um, trust me, <laughs> she, she really supports the like the company is on her shoulders. I'm just I can just do some tech stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're the background guy. I like you. Yeah. Hey, Jing Jing, you said you did some research before that. Like you know, there's these YouTube live stream. Mm -hmm. I do. I have like different things. What were you seeing in the market that you felt like, hey, you know what? There's not something specifically for weddings and. Whereas maybe you can just do a Facebook live and just be like, Hey, look, or Instagram live and do it that way. What made you think like we have to do it this particular way? Uh, yeah. So there's two things I thought that was missing in the market. Uh, one is the quality. Uh, yes, you can do a Facebook live. Uh, you can do an Instagram live or you can use Google Hangout, right? But like, unfortunately, most of this free platform where the necking is the like really high definition video. Um, and you know, like how much money we spend on a wedding, right? And it's also one of the uh, one of the biggest day in your life, and you kind of want like the best uh, of everything for that day. Um, and I know for a fact that uh, the majority of the video conferencing actually limits your quality to 360p uh, in terms of resolution. Um, whereas I thought there's a chance that we can do something using you know the best possible phone camera, which is 10, 1080p. Right. Um, yeah, so we we think that's something people will really want, and it does make a huge difference, especially in like you know some grand some grandparents they will watch the live stream on a big screen TV, and the 1080p looks awesome, and you feel like you're like an Oscar star on your wedding day by using our app as opposed to okay, I'm gonna send you this tiny little like you know Instagram live link. Um, yeah. So that's one aspect. A second important, actually very important aspect is the ease of use. 
Uh, we did research uh, YouTube, um, but YouTube does have a 1,000 subscriber limit if you want to go live from your phone. Uh, it's just like kind of impossible for a lot of couples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, granted, you could set up this, this like whole full desktop streaming, but that's a lot more complicated than just go live with your phone. Um, so yeah, we, we did like go through all those like platform and found out they were just not high quality and it's like so complicated for the guests uh, and also the couples. Yeah, like um, you're yeah, speaking more about the couples using it, right? Mm. Like you, we wanted to create something just really simple so you can go get that live stream going. A lot of these other platforms, they're not really built around live streaming as their center. Maybe they have it like as an addition. We want mm. to make it center in the front of what's going on there. And part of that too is just making it, like Jamie said, so easy and fail-proof. Like mm -hmm. you'll get an automatic, like your cloud recordings will be there and the app will also automatically save your recording just directly to your phone. Mm -hmm. So like everything is okay. just there. Yeah. And yeah, the flip side of that is for the people watching, right? So like if you do something on Facebook even, like uh, does that person watching it need a Facebook account? Do they need to sign up for that? Or if you're doing it on Zoom, do they need to like download Zoom and join that way? And like, if they're on Zoom, right? Like, do we need to make sure like how this is set up? Are they muting themselves or not muting themselves? Yeah. Like this whole type of thing, like yeah. it, it gets complicated quick. <laughs> That's funny. It talked to me about the launch of the app and did you have the monetization sort of figured out when you, when you launched? Yeah, that was a great question. We didn't. <laughs> uh, so for, I would say quite a long time, we didn't have any monetization. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, because uh, we're uh, actually, we're like exploring different models, uh, like some, you know, crazy ideas, like maybe we should put ads. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that's always, that's always a good default, right? Because uh, uh, I, I think we had some worry, like, you know, we have a very solid product, but like, uh, would people you know be interesting just like one time use thing right like if we were to like just charge their money right away uh so for a while we did offer a product free um however we quickly realized that uh, you know people actually uh prefer that we charge something because they feel more comfortable like there's people coming up to our like support chats or contact asking all the time how'd you guys make money are you a scam yeah. Yeah. Like, why? Why are you offering? Are you steal my data. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I steal my data. Are you sending something? It's like, no. We we just offering this because you know we're like, um, we we're like looking for ways to monetize it like in the um in the future. Um, but people are so confused that we just felt it might be even better for a branding that we put oh we we put a premium package out there. Yeah. yeah, but it did definitely help just to get us out there a little quicker <laughs> as well as like. I think some people were attracted to that as well. So I think it was the right move at the time. And mm -hmm. we did fairly quickly get the monetization going. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's stick on the monetization. I want mm -hmm. to talk about the marketing of the launch too. But from the monetization mm -hmm. standpoint, I know you charge about $100. Mm -hmm. I think it's exactly $100. Yeah, $100 per event. And so you can get up to 24 hours. That's crazy. <laughs> That's going into the nightcap, 24 hours of HD streaming, where it's a free basic plan, gives you 90 minutes, unlimited viewers for both plans, automatically save recording for both plans. But how'd you guys figure out the feature set? Which one should be premium? How much to go for the premium? How much to actually charge for premium? I know these are questions I get all the time. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's some like, we have some like baseline for how much we uh, like, 
the things we have to like distinguish between uh, basic premium, like the baseline is the streaming minutes, right? Because uh, I don't know, you know how much, uh, but the infrastructure cost for streaming is actually pretty high, yeah. right? You like do all the video processing, um, storage and uh, story, storing the video. Uh, so that's something we kind of have to, you know, put the more longer streaming time into the premium package. Um, and as for, um, for the price, I, um, like, I, I think we kind of got this mm -hmm. idea in our heads after talking to some friends at dinner, yeah. you know, yeah. like we had a group of friends actually, and we we're like, Hey, like, because they actually had just gotten married this, mm -hmm. uh, the couple, well, the main couple that was there. And we we're kind of like, Hey, how much would you guys like pay for this? Right. Uh -huh. And they were like, well, we actually pay several hundred. Like, I think the number they said was 300. Wow. Um, Cause they like yeah. stream their wedding too. Um, they actually didn't, but they're okay. like, well, we, we should have, and like, we would have paid something like that. Yeah. You kind of just ask around people, like, uh, how much would you pay, right? Like, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, like how much does save the headache on your wedding day? Uh, and then people have like all different, like our customers we talk with and also our friends gave us like all those different like models. Uh, then we kind of settle on this, like, uh, you know, the hundreds first, uh, in the hundreds because just because how much money we we're able to help them save right like having additional guests cost them a, a few hundred and it was a lot more headache uh so we're definitely helping a lot on there but like we wouldn't go way too high in terms uh, of being an app right just because people are not very used to paying this uh, a big app usage fee yeah um, so, so we I, settle on the kind of middle ground there yes yeah, so what i think it comes down to is like um is like if people are into this area and mm -hmm. actually researching a live stream what they'll quickly find out is that if they're going to go through a professional vendor which by all means like professional vendor can make things you can use if that's what you want then, then mm -hmm. go for it um but like we've tried to make the app just about as easy as like having professional just do it right mm -hmm. um and like if they're going down the professional route easily a lot of the starting packages are around a thousand dollars yeah um and just yeah when they see that they're like wow i could say nine hundred dollars right mm -hmm. um and a lot of people like once they see that they're okay then i think yeah the other important part is jing jing too like how expensive can you sell an app for and we thought 100 dollars was like a nice point like that you know we think we're giving a good value and mm -hmm. it's a reasonable price yeah yeah what about the marketing side of when you guys first launched the app uh, yeah, uh, this is very interesting. We actually got our first customer um, uh, Apple search with Apple search ads. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you guys launch this? Because I know you guys have been working on it for some time, but when was it like officially launched? Uh, it was March last year. So last March. Year. Okay. Okay. Uh, right, right before. <laughs> right before, right, right before, before everything shut down. Yeah, everything was locked down. It was just like, we totally weren't predicting that. Uh, so it was yeah. kind of coincidence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Jing Jing. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, and in the beginning, we kind of relied pretty heavily on the paid per click ads. So uh, Apple search ads has been giving us pretty, some pretty good res uh, result, especially uh, we launched that kind of right before the pandemic. Then people were actually searched for wedding live stream in app store. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And also on Google. So yeah, we, uh, started with app search and then we also launched the ads on Google search and that's what kind of get us this like initial users. 
oh, that's awesome. But you didn't even have monetization when you first launched. And so what were some of the, what were some of the free elements? Was I able to go 90 minutes or 24 hours? How long was I able to go with the free, uh, the launch product? We actually didn't have a limit. (laughs) Okay. We just had live stream your wedding and we were hoping that people wouldn't abuse it. And no one did. Okay. So that that was a good thing. Yeah, it it was actually kind of would play a little psychology game because to abuse us, right? Like you also kind of have to a lot of time burn your data, burn your battery. Um, Yeah. So we just like, oh, people's not going to abuse it, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like everything, especially when we launched, everything was pretty wedding themed. So it's yeah. like, well, if someone's going to abuse it for a random thing, do they really want all this wedding stuff flying around it? So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's awesome. The anything else that you want to talk about from the marketing side that worked well for you guys? So we got Google. Uh, out there. Yeah. So that was our initial uh, kind of kick uh, thing, like help us get the started going. Started going. I think we find like a really good organic growth afterwards um, because. Uh, something kind of like a unique trick we find uh you know weddings they're a little like uh, there are special events and you know with all the events product it can be kind of viral right because mm-hmm. uh if a couple is getting married they're inviting let's say at least 50 of their friends and family to join our platform and if their friends and family had an amazing experience uh you know being part of the live stream wedding uh chances are some of them are going to get married in the next couple of months, right? You know, just yeah. kind of. And that's what we've seen too with our data. Yeah. Um, and it makes yeah. sense, right? Like when you're at the age of getting married, like I think pretty quickly, like all your friends start getting married too. At least that's what we've seen yeah. uh, personally as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So if the friends had a good experience on LoveCast, they'd be curious to learn about us. And we also do a very good job, you know, sending them emails uh, kind of like official invitation email and also like po- uh, before the event and also after the event just like okay you I uh, thank you for attending the event here's you know the couple live stream with Nuffcast and all those benefits so we're actually able to convert uh, their guests in this kind of uh, very natural and organic way and that really helped with our growth. That's awesome. Hey, one of the things I want to talk about too, because I do believe in this, I think you guys have done a really good job of like just really getting user feedback, especially in the early days mm-hmm. when you haven't figured out monetization, when you haven't figured out what features to do. Mm-hmm. What were you guys, were you guys doing anything from a data standpoint or just how are you collecting this data? And then were you, what did you learn and what's the best way of collecting this data? Uh, yeah, I, um, we collect kind of data in two ways. Uh, one is we do have a seven day a week live chat. Um, so if user, we also put it very upfront kind of in the app, right? If they have any question, they can jump on the live chat or uh, if they're browsing all the features on our website, uh, they can talk with us. Um, it's definitely very time consuming because you just started having conversation with so many users like every day uh, but <laughs> it's amazing they will tell you everything they want and why the reason why they choose you even right just like oh i, I was comparing between this and i found you guys through here so you learn everything um, from them uh kind of like doing a user research <laughs> for free um that, that was one way we also did set up the a lot of data and analytics actually analytics. Uh, especially when I was working at Uber, I spent a, a lot of my days just working on data pipelines and data engineering. That was one of the big things I was doing. So it, it was very natural to like set up a really good like data flow to get 
all of our data in like a consistent data lake. So we can very easily just run queries and like ask the system questions and get really like cycle answers and things like that that have proven to be pretty helpful actually. Yeah, yeah. Things like, oh, how many events was scheduled, but like they actually happened, right? Because we've seen like there were people who scheduled the event but didn't actually go live. And like, what was their event, uh, their streaming quality and what kind of features did like guests use? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the average wait time when the guest gets to the page before the live stream starts? So those are all very important signals to show uh, if a product are helping them having a good experience or not. Yeah, and measuring conversion too of those um, guests who like were originally attending a wedding and mm -hmm. might later go and create an event, right? Like mm -hmm. if we have all that data in an easily accessible place, we can like, um, cross like tables and like see yeah. where that converts. Because you're like, hey, this was in the guest table and then now they became a customer table. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. No little secret. Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Neil set up and, you know, tracking all this data was very, we started that even very early. I was part of an important part of our uh, kind of business operation. Yeah, I like it. I like how it's, it's a combination. I think it's, it's important. You need a combination of qualitative and quantitative data you need the users that you need to just talk to and they're just gonna be like hey what does this do and then you get that and then you have the actual like just numbers that yeah. you can compile and kind of figure that mm -hmm. out neil what were you using to for the analytics was it just firebase or what else were you using yeah so firebase connects really nicely to bigquery um and interestingly um i i don't know how technical i'll get here but interestingly um Firebase has a set of extensions for that you can kind of install. And they're actually opening this ecosystem more and more. It's pretty interesting. But they do have several extensions for getting data exported to BigQuery very, very easily, like a few clicks. And I, I've definitely done some things myself that are kind of outside of that scope. Like I'm really, uh, again, I don't want to nerd out too much here. But I'm really into like strongly enforcing schemas on data because it makes it so much easier to just have everything so structured and like the data is just like just very easy to work with. I think that's really important. Otherwise, like if your data is a mess, even if you have it, like you're not going to want to do anything with it. Well, I think it's an important topic, even if you're not a like a technical person. I'm not very I'm I minor to computer science, so I'm like that type of technical. But it's like <clears throat> for these business guys I talk to, it's like okay, I'm like here's how we're gonna try to improve your conversions why are people like buying you know like that's one of the things i want to know is like why are people buying because then that gives us especially if you have traction you have revenues then you can start messaging the, using that same messaging in your marketing to bring in more people right and so i need that data and then if, if they don't know how to do that they don't know how to talk to a developer either so i think it's important to get nerdy you know if yeah. you want to get more nerdy it's okay <laughs> don't hold nope. back all right, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think it can be really helpful. For example, like you can do this on a lot of like different software. It doesn't necessarily have to be BigQuery, but just like creating views, right? That's something simple that I think anyone can figure out. Um, and a view is basically like you may have a table or a set of tables and like you can create a view, which is like a layer on top, which is just, you can like summarize certain things or like do calculate, like you can predefine some SQL to like, if you have to calculate a secondary field or join tables together, and it just makes it so much quicker, right? If you have this view ready and go, ready to go, it's just there. That's like one very simple thing that I think anyone could do and set up, and it'll just like improve their whole workflow. I know one of the things you guys did really well was this is a you know there's a web component to this. There's obviously the app component to mm -hmm. it. 
what did you use to build so that everything was sort of integrated? And I think it's one code base, Neil, or no? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, yeah, um, like our guest site and our like um, web app are two different uh, roughly code bases, but like the core we actually, for our host experience, mm -hmm. we have an app on Android, iOS, and you can also access the web um, on the web. So whether you're on a desktop browser or yeah. a mobile browser, yeah. and that is the one single code base. And, um, you know, sticking with uh, Jing Jing's uh, all of your experience from Google and working with the great people there, um, <laughs> we've used Flutter, um, nice. which is, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with what Flutter is, but it's a framework by Google for building on, across multiple platforms. It's actually gotten quite popular. Um, and uh, I know WeChat, uh, like so many uh, big companies yeah, using uh, like eBay. Amazon actually is hiring Flutter uh, developers. Like, wow. oh, yeah, many more companies are adopting that just because you write the code once and it runs everywhere. It's, yeah, uh, it's amazing. Like, really, anywhere. Like, I was even reading that um, Toyota is starting to use Flutter to power the infotainment stuff and their vehicles, which wow. is. Cool. It's just kind of being used across the whole board there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we decide after some jumping around, um, because interestingly, for both Jingjing and I, we had never actually made a mobile app or done any mobile development before. And so initially jumping into this, we're like, well, we should start making iOS app first because um, you know we've heard that that's kind of the place to start. And it's more likely actually that you get paying customers in the iOS ecosystem. Yeah. That's just a statistic that a lot of people probably know. Um, and so we started there, but we had always wanted customers who were like, hey, when are you gonna get an Android app out? And we would always wanted to from the start. We're like, well, it'd be a huge pain <laughs> to go and write a completely new Android uh, app. Actually learn for us, because we've never done either iOS or Android. And then yeah. it was painful enough to learn iOS, then we have to learn a totally <laughs> different one for Android. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and also any new feature we add, we have to write it twice. Um, it was, uh, it definitely was a painful start uh, until we switched to Flutter. Yeah, and Flutter was amazing for me to write because I'd come from a background of actually writing a good amount of uh, React, um, and just the syntax is very similar. It's very like declarative. It's like it, it just to me, it's very easy, very like reusable code. Whereas like for people who have done iOS development, if you're doing like the storyboards or you're doing their like programmatic, what, whatever they even call it, I, I forgot. Um, like, it's just awful. Like, uh, I can't explain how power, how painful it is. Um, but like with Flutter, like really we got it going so fast. I yeah. think it took us like, even though it was like something new to us, it took us a fraction of the time to rewrite our whole app in Flutter. And then and, launch, launching Android. Yeah. And like that enabled us to just launch Android there. And like, honestly speaking, it worked better too. Mm -hmm. um, and um, on top of that as well, it, it enabled us to launch for the web. This is something that the Flutter team, I think rolled out last year, the, build, the ability to actually not only deploy on Android and iOS, but also the web. And so now that's also running. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And so it's really as easy as like flipping a switch and then our stuff is running on the web. Which is One of the cool, cool features yeah. that we talked about before we hit record was you're able to have people check out online too. So they, yeah. you know, if they wanted to check out and buy the premium on the web, on the app, they can do that, but they can also do it on, 
on the web as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that was super helpful because we uh, always follow up when the users sign up. We also send them an email uh, to check out. Uh, sorry, an email to like welcome them. And in that email, we have this link where if they click, we just directly take them to the uh, web checkout with all their information pre-filled. All they need to do oh, is cool. just input their credit card and done. Yeah, and it's yeah. really nice for running promotions and sales like that over email. Because um, yeah, a lot of the app store ecosystems are pretty locked down around promo codes, yeah. um, especially around consumables, which our product is subscriptions, uh, like Apple has done some more stuff recently, but this is a consumable, so it doesn't apply to us. So it's really nice to have. And yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, anytime you can make a sale outside of the Apple and Google ecosystems too, like of course you're not paying that pretty high fee. So that's, that's always nice, right? Yeah. It is super nice. Mm -hmm. Anything that's worked well from an email marketing standpoint? Like, are you guys seeing more conversions work through go through the web? Or are you seeing more conversions through mobile? What are you guys What are you guys finding on your end? Um, we there wasn't like a you know like some a strong winner in this case. Um, we've def just because the nature of a product, uh, you know, we're doing with this live streaming app. Um, I think a lot of the user was still only you know, convert uh, to a paid user after they test out the live streaming with right. the app. Uh, even though they might sign up on the web, but then later they will still download the app, test out and then upgrade there. Um, so yeah, I would say um, still a lot of the upgrade come from our app, um, but we're definitely seeing a higher, uh, like uh, increasing number of people, um, you know, using our email, like the email we send to check out yeah. uh, there. Uh, so we kind of like, in terms of that email marketing, um, I think one strategy we're using is providing them useful information. Uh, so like to really um, offer like free guides on how to make your even better. Uh, because um, I think if you're always offering something uh, free that's and also helpful, and then in the end you say that, okay, we also have a paid version and people uh, they tend to like trust you more yeah. Uh, and really believing that, like you know, the free ver uh, the, the paid version is better because um, you establish that authority and helpful uh, voice. Yeah, one of my friends who did a case study on this, like he had an app that was mainly for construction people, time time tracking, and mm -hmm. he found that by changing up his email sequence, that mm -hmm. right when they sign up, you know, he did a lot of analytics, like he knew mm -hmm. who was signing up, what they were interested in, what they didn't, and just show them like, here's how you add an employee. Here's how you time track, and here's how you do X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z, and that totally doubled their revenues when they started implementing some email sequence. So I always feel like, you know, web marketers, we are very familiar with email marketing, but app mm -hmm. developers they tend to forget about email marketing. I still feel like it. I feel like it's one of the overlooked channels. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it it, it definitely gets us. I would say. Um, like around 30% of our sales actually come from outside of the app, yeah, from just the email marketing channel. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that's something that, yeah, you can always improve on too, right? Like with the email marketing, it's something that you can always begin or like continue to evolve. And you're right. Like if you can collect more information about your customers, then you can kind of like be more particular and mm -hmm. target certain people and in a smart way that will yeah, be useful for them too. Yeah. Hey, Jingjing, if I can go back to when you first launched a product, you were using Apple search ads or you can Google, Google search mm -hmm. ads. What, anything tips on around that, what you can share that worked really well for you guys there? Uh, yeah, I think uh, 
uh, number one is definitely do the keyword research. Um, I we were using um, actually it was a paid tool called Hrefs. Um, I don't know how many people have heard of it. Um, yes, it's literally href like as the HTML tag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they will. Um, you probably will have like when we first launched it, we had an idea that our keywords probably uh, revolves around like wedding live stream. Um, so we put that word there, and then uh, the, the tool will actually suggest those are the the volume the keyword and those relevant keyword. And we found out that um, there was a related keyword called virtual wedding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that actually has like about ten times the volume as wedding live stream. For whatever reason, it was the oh. term that got popular. Um, wow. So that's something we didn't know, right? Like we we didn't know, oh, this thing is people call us virtual wedding instead. Um, but uh, that was helpful. So we know uh, we should also target the virtual wedding keyword in terms of, uh, you know, Google search ads. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. The yeah. And then with search ads, were you just running on basic or were you running advanced? Any uh, advanced. Got it. And was it just yeah. exact match on like virtual wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, um, I think with all those keywords, uh, just like pay-per-click ads, you have to do constant like pruning, uh, like a weekly, right? Because uh, it just because in the beginning, you kind of want, don't want to narrow too much of your keywords down. Uh, you want the, the algorithm to explore what are the relevant, relevant one that might convert, uh, but then it's going to waste you a lot of money. Now exploring too much, then very quickly you need to like, oh, I need to exclude those like totally irrelevant one. Yeah. Um, so think, yeah, do that weekly. Yeah, I think one other tip, correct me if I'm wrong, because Junior is kind of more the expert here than I am, is like definitely if you're starting things out, um, I suggest anyone to go with the Apple like store search ads, just because yeah. the metrics and tracking there are so easy, right? You, barely, you don't really have to do anything. You just set them up because if someone goes and like downloads and installs your app, like that's super clear that that ad was effective. Like, because otherwise if they're like ads to point them to your website, then you have to kind of like track them through that whole process. That can be a little tedious. Yeah, yeah. Apple search ads uh, is definitely my number one recommendation if it works. Uh, I mean, if you can find a, you can find a keyword that is relevant to you uh, or even use the basic one and have Apple decide. Yeah. 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 We'll have a YouTube series on Apple search ads. So if you if you're listening to this and you want to check it out, go, go to the YouTube channel and check out our Apple search ad series that we put up there. All right. The I don't think I have anything else that I wanted to make sure we cover. Anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover? Um I know um oh. you had mentioned the I I know Ginger kind of brought it up earlier, but yeah, I just wanted to point out like how nice it is like she talked about like getting this like organic like viral growth going with uh like the users right so you yeah. can like they come back and use it and honestly like the nice thing if you can get that going is that any effort that you put into your product is just this very positive cycle if you make your product better then the people the guests using it are happy and they'll come back and use it but also like the couple who's like wedding that's being live streamed, they're also happier that the product is getting better. So like, and we're happy too, because more people are using it. So it's like this very positive cycle. So yeah, like definitely it's different, of course, for every single product, depending on what you are building. But if you can try to get into this cycle, then it's, it's really nice. Uh, just, yeah, kind of if you, if your app, uh, 
it has a little like, you know, a built-in viral um, aspect of it, right? Like, like as were events, mm-hmm. um, definitely look into it and track, um, you know, in, track and improve uh, if you can get additional data just from people use, uh, additional new users just from, you know, a natural usage of an event. Um, yeah, definitely highly recommend that. Great job, guys. I mean, I, I was checking out the demo one, and then I don't know why I didn't think of it, but there's a live chat. It's like, duh, you know, I go live streaming. I live stream every like Friday at 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Just, and then I'm like, duh, there's chat. So there's chat in there. I love the little rice toss effect uh-huh. whenever a mouse <laughs> goes over the little video for the for first time I did. I was like, whoa, what was that? So that was really cool. Yeah, too. It, it's actually really cool because if the you're kind of seeing the recorded version, but yeah. if it's live, actually, it's cool because if one person throws it, it will show up for everyone. Everybody. So it's kind of like a party feature. Yeah, yeah. it was a best uh, most loved feature. Uh, it, every guest left to throw it and the couple don't need to clean it up. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. That's like, I hate like those, you know, those springing things or those spray uh-huh. things. It always looks fun on yeah. TV, but it's a pain to clean up. I'm like, who's cleaning this shit up? That's right. Yeah. Well, this is awesome, guys. This has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us, besides Lovecast, give us another app that we should definitely check out. Um, I would recommend Shin. Uh, Shin, it's an e-commerce app. Uh, it's actually the number five downloaded e-commerce app in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. S-H-E-I-N. What, what kind of e-commerce? What, what kind of products are in Sheen? <laughs> the mostly sell uh, women apparels and, you know, jewelries and... There are a lot this, like, fast fashion, right? Yeah, it's, it's, like it's kind of uh, fast fashion. And the reason I like um, it is because... Um, every single product page they have, it has so much information in such an organized way. I has, you know, like has all the user reviews and I don't know what they did, but they were actually able to get hundreds of reviews for almost all of their products. And all this review come with pictures. So it's very helpful if you're shopping for fashion to see the real, you know, people wearing uh, the thing. And they have uh, related product recommendations. Uh, so just, it was such rich information. One single product page makes you really like, you feel you're making an informed decision when purchasing anything there. Um, and their app always work very snappy despite having such a big category of items. Uh, it never broke. Uh, it's definitely plenty of uh, app that broke all the time and yeah. I super appreciate app that doesn't crash. Um, yeah. So I just like, I was asking my wife, I was like, Hey, who should I, I was like, it's good. I was sick of just wearing the same stuff. I usually just wear a black t-shirt. I'm in like, uh-huh. now, but I'm like, how should I follow for like fashion? Cause I was on Pinterest. She's like, Pinterest yeah. sucks. Go on Instagram. And so I literally Googled top, like Instagrammers for men's fashion. And then I found uh-huh. a bunch of stuff, but I'm assuming you go into this app just to look at the different fashion trends too, like sure to shop, but like also to look at the trends. They have, uh, they also have like kind of virtual fashion events. So okay. every week they host, uh, they have all those like influencers hosts, like uh, kind of like a live stream where they demo all the different like trends and fashion and you can just shop instantly. They have everything. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You sold me. That's so funny. I was like, <laughs> this is all I'm looking for. 
What's a lesson, it could be business or personal, that took you the longest to learn? Business personal. Um, I would say it's a business lesson. Um, and it has to come back with marketing. Um, that lesson is to start market your product before it's launched. Um, you know, we coming from, a, both, both of us are developers. Uh, we always feel, uh, you know, very uncomfortable of, you know, promoting something until it's like super polished. Um, but I think that definitely kind of sets us back uh, in the beginning. Uh, we spent way too much time, you know, polishing us um, and there were competitors. Um, they don't have a good product, but like they're everywhere. They, they do PR release, um, you know, they're high on the news articles, they're high in Google search and we're pretty invisible. So um, it, it was kind of unfortunate to see in the beginning. So if I were to do everything again, I would uh, even just promoting my ideals, uh, get a witness for people to sign up and provide useful uh, information even way before my product is ready. So that when it's ready, then immediately people can use it and try it out. Yeah, I love it. Have you guys done any influencer marketing with like, you know, wedding bloggers or anything like that? Uh, yes, we have been uh, partnering with uh, some major wedding blogs. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it has been, um, it has been working pretty well. I think in terms of establish our authority, Mm. Uh, just because, especially in the wedding industry, people do uh, trust uh, some bigger publishers. And if we can get a step from them, um, uh, it will help make them like further believe this is the trendy thing, you know? Yeah, it goes a yeah. long way. Yeah. That's, a, that's cool. What does that relationship mm -hmm. look like? Is it just like a pay for action type of deal or did you have to like pay them a sponsorship deal? What is that? Yeah. Like? Uh, so we, we do different for different, uh, based on, uh, you know, different publisher like influencers uh, preference, we've done affiliate. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they, you know, put us in the article or something, whenever people do uh, purchase from us, they get a kickback. Uh, we also just do like paid campaigns uh, where, you know, the top, the promoters across the world. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Neil, Jinjing, congrats. Congrats mm -hmm. on leaving those big gigantic companies and do this all on your own. Fact that you guys were able to build up enough revenue to finally both for both of us to, for you guys to leave so congrats on that i know it must be an awesome feeling to have that i don't think you guys have any kids we have kids and my wife is a lawyer so it gives us the flexibility to spend mm -hmm. a lot of time with our kids as well so congrats to you on that if the audience wants to check it out it is once again lovecast lovecastapp.com or search for it on google play or ios jinjing neil if the audience wants to connect with you guys personally do you want to send them anywhere else um Probably the best way. The best Feel free way. to connect on LinkedIn too. Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> well, their names are linked up to their LinkedIn profile. So you just tap on mm -hmm. their names on your favorite podcast app. Thank you guys so much for coming on and doing this. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And I'll see you on the next chat. Want to increase your downloads and revenue? Check out our new ASO Master Service where we help you with ASO, optimizing your revenue, and will even manage your Apple search ads and Google ads. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.